Space, the final frontier. This is the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. Its mission to explore the solar system, to seek out new observations and data, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. And now the host of the Observer's Notebook, Tim Robertson. Hello and welcome to episode 83 of the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. I'm Tim Robertson, the host of the Observer's Notebook and also the coordinator of the training program in the ALPO. Thank you for downloading and listening. The ALPO collects and analyzes observations of various solar system bodies and associated phenomenon and publishes detailed reports concerning these bodies in its quarterly publication, The Journal of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. This podcast depends upon donations from you, our listeners, to keep it alive. If you enjoy what you hear on the podcast, you can donate to it via Patreon by giving as little as $1 a month. If you feel even more generous, for $5, you receive early access to the podcast before it goes public. For a monthly donation of $10, you receive a copy of the Novice Observer's Handbook. And for $35 a month, you receive producer credits on the podcast. You can help us out by going to www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, dot com slash Observer's Notebook. If you'd like to join the ALPO, membership begins at only $18 a year. You can find out more at, at alpo-astronomy.org. And you can also find us on Facebook. Just search for ALPO Astronomy. And the Observer's Notebook also has a Facebook page as well. Just search for Observer's Notebook. If you enjoy what you're in the podcast, please subscribe. That way you'll never miss another episode of the podcast. And now, episode 83. We're going to learn all about the upcoming Gemini meteor shower. Listen now. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back to episode 83 of the Observer's Notebook podcast. And with us today is Bob Lunsford. We're going to talk meteors. How you doing, Bob? Just fine. we got a biggie coming up, uh, but there's a small problem with this biggie. We have a full moon two days before it. Oh. Now, now, normally, we wouldn't even be talking about such a occurrence, but the Geminids normally have the potential of producing a meteor minute. So even with a full moon, if you have clear skies and uh, face away from the moon, you still have a chance to see a lot of meteors. Okay. Uh, what are the dates of it? Okay. The uh, Geminids are active right now at very low rates. Uh, the the uh, numbers will keep climbing as the moon waxes too, so it's kind of a race here. Uh, full moon will occur on the 12th, so I wouldn't bother really observing on that day because uh, the, the bright moonlight will obscure all but the very brightest, so you won't see very many at all. The Geminid maximum occurs the next night, the 13th slash 14th, and I would suggest that we're going to have a small gap between the time it gets dark and moonrise. That'll be a perfect time to see uh, Geminid earth grazers, which are meteors that just skim the upper uh, part of the atmosphere. Uh, unlike normal Geminids, these last for several seconds and tend to shoot like uh, halfway across the sky. They're pretty impressive. 
never heard you mention uh, earth grazers before. What do you mean by that? Oh, okay. When a radiant lies on the horizon, uh, the geom- geometry of, of, their, of their hitting the earth at that particular point where you're at, they're only actually able to just skim the upper part of the atmosphere. So due to that fact, instead of plunging head on, they're skimming the upper atmosphere so okay. they, won't, they won't burn up as fast. So oh. they have they have a chance to last longer and make a nice little streak of, through the sky. Okay. Now, whereabouts? So, so you said on the thirteenth and fourteenth after the full moon, we should, right. we should be looking. Okay. So, on the evening of the thirteenth, was it Friday? Friday the thirteenth. Oh goodness! <laughs> <laughs> I guess that guarantees cloudy skies, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, as soon as it gets dark, look toward the east. And uh, at, at least until the moon comes up and, and starts, you know, making everything really, really tough to tough, tough to view. But you should see some long meteors shooting up from the northeastern horizon. And these are these are early Geminids. And uh, you won't see that many, but I guarantee the ones you see will be impressive. Okay. Now, not all of them will shoot overhead. There's going to be a lot of them that will just shoot out of the northeast and go follow the eastern horizon down toward the southeast and vice versa go to the left or toward the toward the north so a lot of them like the hug the horizon but uh if you have uh, clear dark skies they're uh, you, you can't miss them they're pretty impressive so this sounds yeah. different than most of the meteor showers we've talked about in the past where you get up uh in the early morning to look at the meteors, really. Right. Well, that's going to be part two. Okay. Ah, okay. I'm jumping <laughs> ahead here. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you, like I said, you, I wouldn't expect to see more than five or so of these long ones before the moon comes up. But like I said, they're worth it. When the moon comes up in the evening, it's not going to be worth it. So what I would suggest is waiting until the radiant gets high in the sky, which is anytime between you know 10 p.m. and and 2 a.m. Uh, try to watch for an hour then, and go out, look at the moon, do about face, put the moon at your back, and just get a nice view of the sky. And you should see, I would estimate, 15 to 20 Geminids per hour. Okay. So, what what are the characteristics of these? These meteors with the Gemini. The Geminids are slower than, than a lot of them. Uh, they're, they're faster than showers such as the Taurids. But uh, they're, they're, I would say, medium speed. Uh, they don't have the persistent trains that the Perseids normally have. But they're very colorful, and they tend to last longer than like Perseid meteors uh, Maybe it'll last a half second up to one second, whereas the Perseids are just there and gone in a flash. Now, are these brighter meteorites? Meteors? They tend to be brighter than okay. the normal meteor shower, right? So, um, if it happens to be cloudy on the fourteenth, uh, the fifteenth will be fifty percent of the fifty uh, percent of the strength of, of, of the maximum, but still, I'd say worth it. Plus, you get another forty-five minutes of darkness. There you uh, go. The, the moon will come up a little bit later, but uh, after that, the geminids fall off rapidly. So Sunday the fifteenth will be the last morning. I would suggest trying to look for them. 
Okay. Now, most meteor showers are associated with comets, but if I remember correctly, the Geminids aren't really associated with a comet. Right. They're associated with the asteroid known as Phaethon. Right. Um, had the uh, opportunity to see that last year. Now it's kind of exciting oh. when, it pl- when it passed close to the Earth. You could actually see it uh, movement within 30 minutes. So that was, that was kind of exciting. Okay. Now, should, should that have an effect on the number of meteors you think we might see because it just came through? Actually, it, it did uh, last year. That was a good show last year. Okay. This year, uh, I, I, I doubt it. It's been, it's been a year since, since that close approach, so probably not. Um, the, you know, the entire show is going to be muted due to the fact of, of, the, right. of the bright moon. But still, if, if you can still see 15 to 20 meteors per hour, you're doing best, yep. <laughs> better than 90% of the other nights, moon <laughs> or no moon. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, not not many of the annual showers actually produce that many meteors. Uh, you have the Lyrids and the, the Orionids; they peak between fifteen and twenty, but uh, and that's on a good dark night. So, uh, I, I, if your skies are clear, I, I would certainly take advantage of this. Okay, all right, that sounds like a deal. Anything else about the Geminids we need to be aware of? Uh, like I said, normally they're the strongest meteor shower of the year. Uh, they, they probably won't be this year <laughs> due mm-hmm. to the moon. Um, that, that honor may actually have gone to the Ada Aquarius back in, back in May. Okay. Uh, I had reports from the Southern Hemisphere that, uh, they peaked at, uh, 45 per hour, which is wow. probably is a, a Zenith hourly rate of up, up around 60. Wow. So, uh, that's, that's pretty darn good. Of course, they had no moon to contend with, and it seems like every other shower was, you know, obscured this year but i got good news for 2020 uh, most, most of the showers are going to be in good shape oh good moon wise <laughs> oh well, that, that's good to hear now after that uh-huh. hope for not cloudy skies so what's the right, next one Dan. you want to talk about well the next one i want to talk about after the gemmas will be the quadranets and this this could offer a special treat because it is supposed to peak over North America in 2020. Oh. So uh, I, I say that with a grain of salt, though, because over here on California, we're, the radiant's only going to be 15 degrees high mm. at the predicted, quote-unquote, <laughs> time of maximum. Right, right. So if it happens right on cue, uh, we're probably going to see about 25 an hour. And what month if does it, that occur? That's uh, January, the morning of January 4. Oh, okay. So... Uh, that's something we should probably go into detail in, uh, in another another okay. session. All right. That sounds good. We'll set that uh, one up. If you happen to be clouded out for the Geminids, there is still one more opportunity to see some meteors, and that would be on the morning of Sunday the 22nd when the Ursid meteor shower peaks. Now, this one gets very little publicity because it's, it's fairly weak, maybe 10 to 15 meteors an hour at best. And it happens right before Christmas, and it's really cold. <laughs> but it has provided uh, outbursts of uh, up to twenty-five an hour at that time. So, uh, yeah, you never know what, what's going to happen with these little guys. And anyway, we'll be the podcast that gives it publicity. All right, yeah, you're, you stick bet. with us. You won't yes. hear it on any other astronomy <laughs> podcast, but the Observer's <laughs> Notebook. Right, right. Uh, the Ursids come from. 
the constellation of Ursa Minor, which is the Little Dipper. And the uh, radiant is very close to the bowl of the Little Dipper. So um, if you're familiar with the skies in December, the bowl of the Little Dipper is swings low in the north uh, during evening hours, and it doesn't... Uh, doesn't get to a really good altitude until the morning hours. So this is uh, this is a meteor shower that's best left for the last few uh, hours before uh, for dawn. And uh, unlike the Geminids, the moon won't be a problem. It'll be a uh, slender crescent, probably about 15% illuminated. That'll rise maybe 5 in the morning. So moonlight won't be any problem. So uh, like I said, if you miss the Geminids, Give the Ursids a try. And uh, the Ursids are probably only worth watching on one morning, which would be the 22nd. And okay. happens to be a Sunday. Perfect. So you get plenty of time to go back to bed and uh, wake up in time for football. All right. I like that idea. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, if people do get up and observe these meteor showers, uh, what type of observations are you looking for? What we're really looking for is hourly counts which is the basis of all the rates that we quote. Um, get yourself a nice, cozy chair and plenty of blankets. My favorite part of meteor observing. You bet. Get comfortable, stay warm, and uh, watch celestial fireworks. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And where should they send observations to? Well, they can send it to my email address, which is available on the AOPO uh, website. And if you're feeling really... Uh, like contributing, you can go to the IMO website and fill out, fill in one of their internet observing forms, and uh, your observation there will actually appear on a graph of the Earth's or Geminid activity. No matter, you know, depending on what shower you're viewing. You said the IMO. Yes. Oh, I I don't remember you discussing them before. Yeah, the uh, International Meteor. Uh, organization okay. they, uh, they have an online visual observing form okay that uh, you can fill out and see your uh, results posted now you can do the same thing you can you can send a form to me and uh, I often forward the data to the uh, IMO so they can get a, a complete coverage of these okay so I will add a link to the IMO in the show notes as well as your email address that would be great great okay. And yep. uh, I look forward to we can talk about the quadranids next time. We'll do that. And Bob, I want to thank you again for coming on and uh, and talking about meteors. Uh, as always, my pleasure. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Observer's Notebook Podcast. Again, I want to thank Bob Lunsford for, for coming on and giving us uh, highlights of an upcoming or a few upcoming meteor showers. Get out there and observe. These sound like good ones. We upload a new episode of the Observer's Notebook every few weeks. Actually, on the we try to do it on the 1st and 15th. This one's a little early because of the meteor shower. It was kind of time sensitive. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. If you do, please rate and review us. I really appreciate it. You can listen to us on iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Google Play, Stitcher, and Amazon Echo. You can support the podcast by donating to it via Patreon. You can give up to 35 bucks a month. We already receive one year's membership to the ALPO and producer credits on the podcast. And with that, I want to thank the producer of this podcast, Steve Seedentop, for his generous support of the Observer's Notebook. Thank you very much, Steve. The link for Patreon, as well as the link for the ALPO, is in the show notes. 
You can contact me via email at cometman at cometman.net or on Twitter at at ObserversNBPod. Until next time, I hope that you always have clear and steady skies. Thanks for listening.